Genesis 8, you already know what it is. We're Tweak talking on the couch here at the Metafy booth, ready to bring you a QA and play. We're going to have a good time here. Brought to you by everyone from Tweak Talks, of course. We got Tweak, we got Charles, we got Marcus, we got myself, Hazmat. And we're bringing you some Tweak talking actions here. We're going to have a good time meeting everyone at Genesis 8 who wants to meet us. Have any questions for us too? We're happy to answer them. So we got some people here ready to go, and uh, I think we're going to go. Right, guys? Yeah. All right, who, who's first? Who's first? Get up here, Bam. young man, yeah. You in the purple, hot seat, yeah. Bro. <laughs> young man. Right there, hot seat. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. No, oh, wait. No, no, you come on, I'm sorry, man. Take a seat. Take a seat. Okay. All right, you're next. We'll get you're next. you, yeah, for sure. I'm sorry. All right, hold on. You got a question? You got to talk to the mic. What's your name? Yeah, my, my name is uh, Nakat, man. You know who the fuck I am. Come on, what's up, man? All right, what's your question, man? My question? Uh, it's a Q&A, bro. It's a what the fuck? I'm here asking questions? All right. Yeah. Let me ask. Let me ask the question. Let me ask the question that's on everybody's mind right now. All right. Do you think that Sora is a viable character? Oh, I like it. I like it. Okay. Okay. Tweak. If you fuck this up, it's gonna turn into the cat talks. All right. Uh, is all right. It for everyone, or is it for ha has has downwards? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Everybody. Yes. Yeah, I think that uh, Sora is. Very close to being solo viable. He only needs a secondary for a few matchups. I think he's really good. I have him my my A tier. I have him in, in like my top thirty. I think he's like I have him in the on the upper end of A tier. Like, yeah, I think he's really good. That's solo viable. That's good. Yes, yes, he's he's fine. Yes. I know you answered, but I can't. Oh, yeah, definitely. Got talking to the mic, man. No, when can't you talk. Oh, You're a professional I mean, podcaster. Oh, okay. Talking to the mic. This is going terrible. What the yeah, hell? A bunch of casuals. All right, so me? Yeah. All right, uh, I think Sora, I, Solo Viable is, there's some pretty tough matchups, but I do think he's Solo Viable. It's very close. It's it's hard, but he's just a he's just a character that's going to get better like one, two years in. He's a punish game. He's crazy punish game. How well he deals with like his bad matchups because a popular matchup is like, yo, how do you beat Mithra? I people always ask me that, and so I was like, okay, now I finally fought Cosmos. It's just like, this is super doable. She's good as fuck. She definitely beats him, but like, he can fuck her up too. A lot of people don't think that highly of him, yeah. so I feel like our opinions are actually surprisingly all like, Possibly. not too common. Despite yeah, yeah. a I'm lot definitely. of people think he kind of sucks, but I think he's pretty good. He was a bit of a, a flash in the pan in the beginning, right? One winning a couple of tournaments right off the bat, and then he just disappeared. But I hope you know, I was talking. Well, what, one of the parts of that, I think, was people kind of fell out of love with the character. You know, They really wanted to play him at first because he's Sora and they were into it, but then as his play style developed, I think a lot of people didn't fit their play styles. But we'll see. I definitely think he's going to find a, a little niche in the, met, in the meta. I kind of knew that that was going to happen. It, it's usually what happens when a DLC character comes out. It's like that shock factor at first, like, Oh my god, he's everything I dreamed of. I really wanted him. And then they play him and they're like, well, he doesn't really work for me. Or I, I'm losing, so this sucks, so he probably sucks. When in reality, it's like, when he first came out, even with my ability to play like sorties or just like a character like Ness that was floaty, he felt really awkward to me. But I really just, motherfucker, 15 years I've wanted this, man. So I just stuck with it to the point where now he feels so much more natural. And I, I'm happy with how he actually is. That's great to hear. I love that. Um, yeah, I think he's just kind of a strange character too, right? He's not like, especially in the Ultimate, like it's such a mashy type game. Like it doesn't. I think a lot of people learn the meta first, and then he tried to fit into it, and it's kind of awkward for people. But we all think he's very. We all value him very. Yeah, high, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. His recovery's incredible. His punish game's ridiculous. His juggle game's crazy. Like he's really strong. My favorite thing about him is active hitboxes. Yeah, up air. Yeah, up air. All the moves. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, yeah, ridiculous. All right. Yeah, that's it. We got it. Yeah. So, thanks. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's up, bro. Thank you. Cat was in the building. That was a great question. He started it off really well. You know what I mean? Like, that's a perfect person to have. All right. Who's next? Next. Oh. All right, you're up. Oh, it's lit. All right, it is lit. Hey, hold on. I'll get you the mic in a second here. Don't ruin the suit. Say your name and your question. My name is Megaphone Frankie Sisto. If you know me, you know who I am. You know why I'm here. Mr. Windjammers USA, they call me. But 
I do want to ask you, because uh, I'm a big Smash fan. I play Ultimate. I'm probably going to go 0-2 today, but I don't care. I'm just having fun. Is there any match that you have had throughout your entire career that you would say is your favorite match that you've ever had? Like, a match that you look back at and you're like, wow, that was like just amazing. Just everything that I play this game for. It could be a tournament. If Let's keep it to tournament matches. Tournament matches. Because I know a lot of our favorite matches are probably friendlies we've played with good friends of ours that inspired us to really sink our teeth in the competitive side of it. But tournament matches. What would you say is the match that you look back on in your career the most? Start that end of the side. I, I, I actually have an answer. Uh, th back in back in Hawaii when I played Smash 4, uh, there was this one local, and I, I remember this tournament set for the I'll, I'll remember for the rest of my life. But it was just it was early Smash 4. I was playing Fox, and it was my good friend Kenny Poo. He played Ness, and we just had a 10 game grand final. And it was like I barely won, and even like I fucking hate Ness. I hate that character so much. But even after that set, I was just like me and him looked at each other, and we were like, "Damn, that was a good ass set." Yeah, it, it yeah. was it was just a it was a really sick set, and like for me that that set will stick with me forever. Uh, it was just a Kevin, good ass set with you, a, do you with have a really good yet, friend. Do you need more time? I know you yeah, have if you need more time, of, uh, we could. Well, yeah, need this guy last. played a lot of tournaments, nah, so sure, you got to you got to go through the. I had to ask. Yeah. I had to know. Marcus, okay. you want me to go next? Yeah, start? yeah. I'm so I have a few. I had a couple too, and and a lot of them in Ultimate were just overcoming bracket demons and people I really respect and have you know love to play with, and I got to give it to. When Laid and I played, and Ken had just gotten buffed, and I, I beat him in a really close set, it was such a banger of like, I got second at that local, really stacked local. I played really well. And that's one of my best friends that I love playing with. So beating him meant a lot to me because it, it really felt like I grew nice. um, <laughs> as a player and had gotten better. And I'd stuck with a character who sucked, and he got buffed. I'm like, I know he's gonna get buffed. He's so bad. He has to get buffed, and he did. And the hard work paid off. I played him when he sucked, and it, it paid off. So it's kind of yeah, yeah. It's like a lot of 12 years. I was waiting for Ridley for 12 years. Uh, I wanted him since pre-brawl. I still bitterly remember uh, when it was confirmed he wasn't in the game. Um, so I don't care that people suck. I s say sucks. I still use him. Uh, it's, can, can I tell a short story? Yeah, go for All it, man. Right. So, pre-E3 uh, pre 2018, okay? I've told this story three times this weekend, and I don't care. I'm going <laughs> to tell it more. We knew Smash Ultimate was going to be revealed. We didn't know what it was. We only knew that Inkling was going to be in the game, right? So me and my brother, mostly my brother, we organized a bet. $10 buy-in. Pick a newcomer who's never been in Smash Brothers before on the playable roster. And if your character is revealed in the E3 Direct, you win the pot. And it would be split between people who pick the same character, etc., etc. So we had a $330 pot. Holy 33 moly. people bought in. We had everybody. Uh, Gino, K. Rule, um, uh, Waluigi. Uh, me and yeah, Waluigi. Me and another guy bet on Sora. Three guys bet on Springman. Probably further divided between people who uh, pick the same character. We had Goku. We had Bomberman. We had Zanji. Who says Goku? The, Goku. That's a waste of ten dollars. The only one. Oh, you're going to love this. The only one we did not have was Ridley. Damn. And I said to my brother, I said to my brother, the day he called off the bet. The day before the, the uh, event, I said to him, I said, dude, you know what? Dante is his name. I said, Dante, when you think about it, the only one we're missing is Ridley. We have Ridley. If we had Ridley, we would have the complete gamut of possibilities. And my brother says to me, and I quote, man, ain't nobody stupid enough to throw their money away betting on Ridley. <laughs> and I go yeah, through in the front. Right, right. So, and even I accepted it was impossible. Ridley was revealed. He was the only one that was revealed. Nobody bet on Ridley. We all got our money back. That was, dude. That was a banger trailer too. When Ridley came out, that was one of the I best. What's like up? B B predicted Ridley B getting predicted in. Ridley? Really? If B only she was B there. He has good fortune. Yeah, she can win there. Eighteen-year-old Frank is still living inside of me that anything is possible. That's right. Anything is possible. I think this game. I don't know. There's there's a lot of sets I can think of. It's it's actually will probably surprise a lot of people, but it's not when I won Katar Saga, and it's not. Oh, great sets! Oh my was, god, yeah, yeah, I set. love those sets. Um, you versus Mars Grands, by the way. Smash Four. No one saw it. It's not me beating Armada and Project M, which was also a banger set. It's actually the first Brawl Xanadu I ever won. 
Really? Yep. I was, love that answer. It was. Yeah, like, I like that. I want to say it was a nine-game grand finals against Logic, who I'd never beat before before that day. And it, like, I was trying so hard for so long to finally get like a tournament win, and I, I was like, bro, this feels impossible. Especially because back then I was playing Lucas, so I was like, it was really cool for me to like see the all the effort that I've been putting in for years at that point. Like, it felt like it finally paid off once I got that first big win. I got one. That's huge. Oh, he's got Gavin's one? Gavin's got it. Gavin's right, got it. Let's go. That's so, good answer, by the way, before we move on. Yeah, good answer, I love good answer. answer. Amazing uh, answer. I think it's winner's finals of the first Ultimate Frostbite. Uh, I had to play against MK Leo, and I went Donkey Kong, and the reason I went Donkey Kong, despite not playing as much DK as, like, Wario at the time, was because I would always beat Leo with Donkey Kong in Smash 4. So I wanted to start, I thought maybe it could throw him off and maybe it would work. You know, it was a similar idea. And I went down 0-2. I lost game one with DK, I go Wario, which is the more expected pick. I lose with Wario, and I reverse 3-0. And at this moment, this was our first time playing in tournament, in Ultimate, me and MK Leo. And yeah. we had a rivalry before we even it was always who's better, Leo or Tweak. Smash 4, you know, kind of started the legacy and everything. And I was able to reverse 3-0 with Wario in our first ever tournament match. And then I ended up winning the tournament too. So that was such a great start to, like, the MK Leo and Tweak storyline for me. And that's what I would pick. Good answer. Thank great you. answers, yeah. We all good. I think the common trend, though, is, like, this great triumph of hard work over years and yeah. really working towards something. Yeah, I think yeah. you know that's a common trend right there. So, thank, great question. You guys are killing it right now. The questions are great. Have a good night. Thank Play you. Win thank you. Play win jammers. Thank you. Play win jammers. See ya. True. Uh, it's like true. true. <laughs> All right, I think we have a line this way. Yeah. Let's go. Have a seat, man. Have a seat, man. I know, dude. I got nervous. Oh my god. What up? What up? We love this guy. All right, introduce yourself and ask your question. Player four, Reggie. You what don't up? know me. Go. Nice to see you, Reggie. <laughs> hey, bro. Now you gotta beat him. Get a tap on the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. He's always ready. He's always ready. Got it. All right, what's your question, Reggie? All right, my question is not Smash related. What's your favorite One Piece character? Oh. <laughs> Easiest answer of my life. Pass. Zero. Oh I my name God! One Get this guy tribe. off the podcast. Uh, Luffy? Is that one? Right, no. no. Give it up, Luffy. You're... <laughs> Great character. Great it, it sounds like a dad talking about One Piece. <laughs> <laughs> Easy pass. Who is it, Luffy? It's like a favorite. It's like New my York dad talking about Mario. Who's your favorite New York Yankee? Boom. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, this is hard. A Rod. True. True. A Rod. I just I just picked someone, bro. It's the same thing. Jeter. It's not. Oh, true. Oh, true. Yeah, Jeter. Easy answer. Um, favorite One Piece character? That's tough. That's tough. This is harder, this is harder than this is the, the set. What the heck? Yeah. There's a lot of good I, I know which one mine is, so I'm ready. Oh, Pink go for it. Go, go, oh, you're, okay. My, my favorite character is Zoro. He, he's too sick. And obviously, I don't want to put any spoilers, but there was a very clear moment for me when I was like, this motherfucker is real, dude. <laughs> and that that is when he became my favorite character. And if, you, if you've watched One Piece, you know that moment. So, and then I just honorable mention. My second favorite character though is Chopper. Nice. I, I fucking chocolate? love Chopper. 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 Cool. This chocolate. dad over here. The heck? Cho chocolate. That's my answer. Vanilla, strawberry, Neapolitan. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, Get out of here. Hurry up. Bro, this is way this too hard. This can't be that hard. It, there's a lot of What's characters. What's a show that's like comparable? Like, there's like, a lot of characters. Yeah, yeah, go, go. All right. So my favorite character is Zoro, but I'm going to say my second favorite because of Charles. My second favorite is Doflamingo. That's a good one. Oh, I, you went as him for Halloween. I know yeah, that guy. I, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. he's the best villain, and he's also, like, the most cruel and chaotic, too. I just love that character. I love his backstory. He's, like, one of the most in-depth characters, let alone villains, so... Big fan. You love villains. Sephiroth, Diddy Kong, yeah. etc. What the True, heck? Diddy Kong. Diddy's a hero. True, big villain. He's a villain, dude. Oh, okay, I, I think I got it. I think I got it. I think I got it. Zoro? No, what the That's heck? my answer now. <laughs> Great character. No, it's uh, it's definitely <laughs> Whitebeard. It's so hard. And, okay. Like, I love that. <laughs> uh, the only time that I've ever gotten emotional in One Piece 
this is kind of a spoiler, so I'm not. He he is the reason that I got emotional during one time. There you go. There you go. I, I love. Wait, here's the best. Good, good way to not spoil. Yeah, Thank yeah, you, because yeah. I'm catching up. I, I got episode <laughs> one. Shut up. <laughs> Get this guy out of here. Just like this question the way he here. was presented is like this like beacon of like hope and strength. Like he's yeah. so cool. It, he just looked like undefeatable. Yeah. White beard. Oh wow. That's cool. Well, the thing I like about the that. The strongest man. That was his nickname. Mine was Zoro for a long time. And then Whitebeard came in the scene, and I said, this is a real one. Yeah, yeah it's a real one, bro. True. The thing I like, even though obviously I know nothing about it, you guys all, it took you some time to figure it out, and they all gave, like, really, like, intricate answers, which is pretty cool. Yeah, so, right, right. I, honestly, no jokes aside, I'll give it up for that. It's pretty cool. Good question, thank you, Reggie. Reggie. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, thank you. Oh, no. What's up, man? You know, every top commentator says that right now, that phrase now. What? I'll give it up. <laughs> Everybody has said it. It's you, on our you shirt. You have said it. I, I, I have so given it up. Everybody has said it now. I have given it up. Once in a while, you it's have a good to one. give it up. We got to work on the new one. Oh, please. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> oh please. Oh, please. Thank you, Reggie. Thanks, Hey, everyone. Today's episode is sponsored by Honey, the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. Now, I don't know about all of you, chat, but I do be shopping online all the time. The thing is, though, I always feel like I'm wasting money when I can't find a promo code when I'm ready to check out. But thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Now, let me paint a little picture for you. Imagine you're shopping at one of your favorite sites. When you check out, the Honey button appears and all you have to do is click apply coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for a coupon it can find for that site. And if Honey finds a working coupon, you'll watch the prices drop. So I used Honey earlier this week, right after recording this episode, to order my dog a bag of his favorite treats because he had just ran out. Now I order these things all the time because he's such a good boy. And thanks to Honey, I was able to save $5 on my purchase. I'll be using Honey to save money when ordering these dog treats every time from here on out. It was just so easy to use. And did you know, Honey doesn't just work on desktop. It works on your iPhone too. Just activate it on Safari on your phone and save on the go. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show. I'd never recommend something I don't use. So get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash tweak. That's joinhoney.com slash tweak. As part of the sponsorship with Medify, we wanted to offer a special promo code for our viewers. Medify is offering a limited time discount of 15% off. Use code TALK15 when booking a coaching session with your favorite expert. The code is valid until April 30th, 2022. Hey, how you doing? Uh, why don't you introduce yourself and uh, ask your question? Hello, so my name is Kaylin. Um, and so the question that I had, I wrote it down just to make sure I didn't mess it up, um, is what would you do if you were in the middle of bracket and are basically struggling with either matchup or play style and experience? All right, so what was the question? Sorry, I couldn't hear. So what would you do if you're struggling like in a bracket and you're struggling with a matchup or a play style? Like, how do you adjust immediately? I think the main thing to adjust on the fly is you need to find out and pinpoint the most common scenarios, right? Mm -hmm. this This is my philosophy with matchup breakdowns in general. But the first thing you want to be good at is the most common scenario. When you're playing against Cloud, you better be really fucking good when he back airs your shield because that's going to happen a fucking lot, right? So it's just hard because when you're, you, when you're going into a matchup you have no idea about game one, what you're trying to pinpoint and locate is what moves is this like, play, and this will apply for player too, right? Because there's styles and stuff. But which, what situation is happening the most often and then from there, if you can try to win that scenario, and that scenario happens 60% of the time, you should win on paper. That It always doesn't happen like that, but you know what I'm saying, right? Like, if, if 60% of neutral exchanges are around this one move, and you can navigate around that one move, then that's the thing. So it's like, that's on the, on the fly kind of thing. Obviously, you're going to break it down and learn more after you study the VODs and get that information. But on the fly, you just want to find out what happens the most. I and think, then break it down from there. And I think like the number one thing is is just break it down simply too, because at that point you're not gonna like learn an entire matchup. You're not gonna sit there and be like, suddenly I know how to fight Joker. It's like where am I losing and why? Like what is the number one what is in, in those situations sometimes instead of trying to beat 
Like, if you can't deal with Joker Fair or whatever, something like that, don't try to beat it. Avoid it. Be like, I don't know what to do here. So better than trying to, like, I don't know, guess your way into winning, it's like, I'm just going to avoid it and try to fight it in a different way. So throw it out. I'll run away from it and not deal with it. Um, when it comes to – and I think a really important thing, too, is to – Keep your mental in check. Just because you're not sure what to do in a matchup doesn't mean you can't sit back and learn into interactions. It's very possible, but very similar to what Charles said, the most important things to keep track of are the most common situations, which are also important. Like when you're at the ledge, or when they're at the ledge too, it's really important to keep track of their habits there and what they're doing in neutral, what you're losing to, yeah. and just avoid those situations until you know what to do against them. Or try to learn on the fly if you can, but that's that might be a little too much pressure to put on yourself in my opinion. I got one more thing, one more thing. All right, all right, all right. The biggest thing that I see people lose in matchups they don't know is they try to punish some shit that they don't know if they yep. can punish or not. Uh, if you don't know if you can punish it, reset neutral. Yeah. And then figure it out later or figure it out throughout the set or study the frame data later on. But like has said, try to think as bare bones as possible. Yep. And if you don't know, fuck it, reset neutral. And that will save you a lot because I see so many people try to punish some shit they think they can punish and they, that's how they lose. Which which also further communicates to your opponent, you don't know what the hell you're doing and they're gonna eat, eat you alive for that. Like you gotta just, yeah. just chill. I think keeping your head straight is so important in that situation. Yeah, uh, for me personally, there's two things that I do. Um, one is player-based, definitely. Because if I don't know a matchup, I'm not gonna sit there like, at this point in my career, I've tried this before so many times, it just doesn't work out. You cannot learn an entire character unless they're like an awful character, like like they're really simple, like Ganon or something like that. Um, you're just not gonna learn all their mix-ups and all the layers that the character has to all the intricacies, their frame data, what's safe, what's not safe, what they've mentioned so far. So I just don't even focus on the character. I just look at what the player's doing. Like the character at that point, matters but doesn't really matter because you can always learn a player but it's easier to learn a player on the fly than learn a character on the fly that's a really good point um and the other thing that's like super super big is uh well there's actually i guess there's two more things if the character is similar to another character you know how to fight then it gets significantly easier um because you can just kind of apply like the way you fight that character the character you know to that other character and um if the character, if, if it's like a very common character, then generally you know what they want. So you can definitely play around like knowing what common characters want. Like, you know Falcon wants to like grab you or nair you or something like that, right? So instead of like focusing on trying to figure out, oh, can I punish uh, Captain Falcon's back air, turn around, jab on my, on my shield, you just like, okay, I'm gonna avoid like the big combo starters, like the big hits, and then yeah. go from there. So, I actually have an interesting philosophy on matchups. A lot of this I agree with, so I'll just go straight into something that's a little weird. So my philosophy is I actually, I don't play matchups from scratch. A lot of players, they'll always talk about like, ultimate's so hard, I have to learn 100 matchups. Like how am I supposed to win consistently, right? And there's some truth to that, but I think there's, there, there's a lot of different approaches. Personally, how I approach, uh, matchups is I have adjustable game plans for my play and my character in a more general sense like he said like categorizing character archetypes and then matchup experience and matchup specifics become kind of like a cherry on top rather than the forefront of the game plan I think a lot of people misunderstand where they think I need to know this matchup in and out in order to win this best of three when that that's so hard like it's so hard to know every matchup um, especially with the resources we have, like Smashes Online is really difficult to play in and stuff like that. So for me, like, I play Diddy, so if I'm, like, here's a situation, like maybe I'm having a hard time ledge trapping, like Charles was talking about. Okay, I'll focus on corner pressure. My banana tosses aren't landing. Okay, I'll focus on fighting without throwing it. Like, I'll try to, you know, hold on to it for longer. So I have adjustable, basic game plans for my character rather than viewing it as like, oh, I don't know the matchup, what do I do? Like, I have to figure out this matchup right now. I just adjust things from every universal smash situation, like ledge, advantage state, disadvantage state, what works, what doesn't, and I'm adjusting. Those are so easy to adjust on the fly because you know your character. Right. And then the specifics, that comes after. Like, oh, I happen to know this, this moves numbers on shield and I can punish it. Great, that's a plus rather than a necessity. And that's personally how I view it. And I wanted to mention that the most because it's something I hear all the time. Like, 
oh, I lost, I lost my match because I just don't know this matchup. I just don't know enough. Where I don't think it has to be that way. I think you can find some level of consistency without relying on the matchup first. Yeah, but yeah, I like exactly. that too because it kind of takes the pressure off of you. Where you're like, I'm gonna do my thing. I'm gonna play my game. Yeah. I'm gonna beat you with my character, what I'm strong at, and I'll adjust to whatever you're doing too. Yeah, kind of mentally can help you out there. Like, it's like a confidence. It's like a turnaround. Yeah. Like, I don't know what the hell you're doing, but I know what I'm doing. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> it's gonna happen. Yeah, it's good. My other question is that for out of bracket, out of matchups, for just practice in general. Obviously, practicing against matchups is easier because you can just pick the character or have someone who plays the character play with you. Um, when it comes to play styles, because there's obviously different ones like Sonic can be on your shield or he can be camping. When it comes to practicing against play styles, is there a specific tip that you have for that, for just practicing at home and stuff like that? I always view it as it's like a... It's kind of like, to me, especially camping, is like a, it's like a Mexican standoff in some sort of way where it's like... You want to camp? Okay, we'll camp. You know what I mean? You want to do that? That's what we're going to do? Okay, that's cool. You want to rush down? You want to play? All right, we can do that. But to me, it's always like a, get, a, a pull and push type of thing. You know what I mean? Where it's like, you want to camp super hard? I'm not going to just rush in foolishly. Like, you need to respond to kind of how your opponent's doing it, regardless of what character it is. So that's kind of my take on it. For me, it's um, some, one of the hardest things about Smash, in my opinion, is ha being able to adjust the pacing or the flow of the game on the fly. Yeah, yeah. I feel like a lot of players usually have one or two pacings they know how to how to play and it's usually hard to just flip it like a switch. Um, I think the biggest thing as a test to your opponent is to be able to have as many flows and pacings as you can and to kind of use them in tandem to see what's successful and what isn't and just truly test their ability to play in every flow of the game. Something I do a lot is It'll be three minutes of me just camping super hard. Such a fucking camper. <laughs> and then there'll be True. one moment where I get a straight hit, and I'm just like, all right, you know, just based on the flow, I'm going to see if I can push it super hard. Like, are they mentally ready for me to change it right now? And if they're not, then I'm not going to push it too far. It's like you're kind of testing. I kind of view it as like, do you know the stun meter in Street Fighter? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm testing their mental limit of how disciplined they are, you know, once in a while throughout the set. Like... I'll go for like a super obvious edge guard or like easy kill read. And if it doesn't work, I'm like, okay, they're mentally, they're still doing great. Like they're still, they're still, you know, fighting really well. But I'm always trying to see like, have I mentally broke you with my camping yet? Because I am willing to change it at any point. That, I, I think that's really important because a lot of players, I think it's really hard to just disengage and then re-engage like within five seconds of each other. I think it's really hard. And I think that's the biggest thing for any player to practice when it comes to fighting other players. Because, you know, both players, I, 99 times out of 100, when I'm playing in someone, they have like one or two flows. And I think that's the, my biggest answer to that. One big thing I want to mention is, I think for you, you were expecting more of like, how do I play aggression or against camping? And I would, I would think that pacing is more important than both of those. They, they conjunct in together, Right there's there's like aggression or camping and then there's like slow pacing or high pacing. My suggestion is if you can overwhelm someone with just playing faster than them and they cannot keep up, that's optimal. So like when I play, now I, I like when I grew up just in, within Smash, I played a lot with Void. So we would always like ego pace each other. Like it's yeah. like okay, like you're playing that fast, fuck you, I'll play faster, I'll play <laughs> yeah, faster. Yeah, yeah. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, right? And it's just like it keeps going up and up. <laughs> usually Void's the one that can play faster than me. And then but then usually. you also gotta like you gotta understand that you need to know how to increase the pace, but there's also players, the buzz is extremely good at this, and this is why the buzz was Void's kryptonite in Smash 4 is he could slow Void down. If you can slow Void down, all of a sudden, now Void is like, he's like, he's stun-locked in a sense where it's like, oh, me being faster than you doesn't matter because you slow me down and you punish me for it, right? So now, it's like understanding pacing, I almost feel like is more important than understanding aggression or defense. That It does come with the same side of the coin, but when you get to a, the top level, like aggression and camping, it's like everyone's fucking camping anyway. Yeah. Like Void, Light, they're... They look like they're pressuring you, but they're just so camping like, you, like, closer to you. Yeah. They're yeah. just, well, they're just bullshitting you with fucking unreactable frame data at a certain <laughs> distance, right? True, like, let's true. be real, that's Fox, what's happening, true. right? It, all right, and like, I'm the biggest Fox lover ever, but at the end of the day, Fox is just like, right outside of your range, and he whiff punishes you. He's yeah. camping in your face. Yeah. So everyone's camping, but what's the pace? And yeah. that's, 
I think that when you start breaking into high and top level, that's what you need to yeah. start trying to think of. Yeah. But yeah, Good great questions. question. Thank you so much. What the heck? That answer was OD. We got passionate. <laughs> See you. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. All right. Come on up. That one? No. I didn't even need to. I think we gotta we gotta keep the questions like we. I don't think we can spend too much time on one question. Hello. Why you doing? You wanna introduce yourself and ask your question? My name is Mike. My tag is Drip. Pink's my coach. Oh, true. Drip. Yeah, yeah. What the heck? Um. Well, my main question was, is there has there ever been like a character in Smash where the character just like didn't fit your playstyle even though you like really wanted to play him? Like uh, like for me it's like Mega Man. Like I just can't play Mega Man. Uh, I feel I feel the same way about Mega Man. We're I think we're all Mega Man fans on this couch, yeah. right? Like just a sick character. I can't play him at all. Dude, it was Belmont. Belmont's the opposite of everything that I like in Smash. You can't rush down, you can't do anything with them. So to learn them and their recovery sucks, their disadvantage sucks, it's everything I don't like about a character. But I wanted to play them so bad, I stuck with it, and I'm, I'm still stuck with them. So yeah, that, that definitely happened with me. Their trailer was too sick. I had to give it up. <laughs> so, so the question was like, what character did you think you wouldn't mesh with, but you ended up meshing with? Oh, uh, like, like you, you like the character, smash, but you, yeah. just you just can't play. Oh, okay, okay. I, I have the perfect. I have like a million. And Sephiroth is the same for me. Too. I want to play Sephiroth oh. so bad. Yeah, Tweak has a long list for this one. A lot yeah, of pain. Exactly. Oh, yeah, true, no. true, true. All right, whoever. Uh, so, Mega Man, actually, yeah. um, I think I can play him, but I'm not satisfied like with the level of play. I think I can do some things. He's tough. I think the biggest one, as of late, is actually Snake. I think Snake makes a lot of sense for my play. Your I, snake is crusty. Yeah, get it out of here. Oh, your snake, snake is crusty. You knew you were going to get haze the second you get said that. Get that crusty out snake out of here, bro. At least he admitted he, he can't do it. Yeah, your snake True. is crusty. So, sure. it up. <laughs> I, I'm really tricky. I do a lot of tech skill stuff. I, I do a lot of tricks. Like with Diddy, like I feel like you could kind of make sense how I would like Snake to. But for me, it's like once Snake jumps in the air, it's like its only option is to get back down ASAP. Like I like I'm a huge like jumper. I yeah. jump out of shield. I jump to platforms. I, my main movement is jumping on and off platforms. And with Snake, he's grounded and there's yep. not much mix to it. Yep. He's just setting up his his like bubble, and. I can do that to an extent, but if you put me in enough matchups, I'm going to end up not having as much fun as if I was like using him in training mode. So that's my, my answer as of late. Definitely Snake. Good answer. Bro, mine is easily Sonic, bro. You want to play as Sonic? I, dude, I love Sonic. Like, as a character, I think Sonic's it. Not like the character in Smash, but <laughs> Sonic outside of you Smash. You always have to clarify. You like Got the it. movies? Yeah. Sonic is dope. Sonic and Smash. No. You're not a true, 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 true. Not, not a true but, fan. But like, I as a player, I either like one of two things. I like either like being like super in your face with like overwhelming frame data, which is actually the reason that I enjoy Lucas is like down yeah. tilt and jab and all that forward tilt. Like his like up close game is like really. You're really usually fun winning to me. that battle. Mm -hmm. And then, um, or I just like characters with gigantic hitboxes. I'm across the whole stage. Interesting. Good luck. Huh. Interesting. Name Weird. Huh? Mm. Hey, Sephiroth, <laughs> true. Corn. hey, wait, what? <laughs> I don't so, think there's a character for you. <laughs> yeah. Not in this game, but, sorry, pal. But, like, <laughs> I was like, yo, Sonic's in the game? This about to be crazy. He about to be moving real fast. He about to, his frame data up yeah. close. When he, you're you going to be pressing A, and then I was like, wait, I got to press B. What the heck? I'm good. I can't, I, I, I want to be He's like. He's not overwhelming in either of those categories. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I was like, bro, what the heck? I thought you were going to be mad. Raw Sonic sucked. It's almost, it's always funny too because everyone thinks this character's fast, they're gonna be rushed down when it's almost always the opposite because it's like they can also run in the other direction very fucking fast. So back, typically, man. that's that's the better yeah. and safer option. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. like, there's so many characters where like you just dash back and then you just do a move and it's just like better. Like, Lots of characters yeah. can swing second and they're yeah. really good at it. Yeah. yeah I like yeah. that, but I like doing that. So, so my character, oh, no. I have two two answers. Oh, all right, oh. so. I have King K. Rule. I wanted this motherfucker oh, nice. in Smash. Good answer alert. Good answer. I had I wanted this guy in Smash before Brawl. I was like, dude, King K. Rule, like he would throw the crown. Like, dude, this character would be so That's tight. It. He gets in Smash. I'm like freaking out at the announcement. I'm like practically crying, right? Same. I start playing King K. Rule. King K. Rule. And Void's playing Pichu and he's ledge strapping me <laughs> forever. And I'm like, I'm like looking at Void, I'm like, Dude, is it me? You can be real. Like, be honest. Is it me? And he's like, dude, I think K. Rule sucks. 
And and like Void literally had to like break my heart. I was like, no, nah, dude, fuck that. I can I can win. He was like he was like, I'm sorry, Charles. And he just like I'm glad you got me. out of the way then. I was gonna say no. Well, yeah. Void Void and not no, like a year later. Void knows what he's doing. So yeah. Void went like extra hard, shit on me for two weeks, and he was like, drop K. That's roll, a dude. good friend right there. That's <laughs> a good he, friend. That was a great friend. That's great a good friend. friend. He did the same thing to me <clears throat> for Smash Four DDD. Great, great friend alert. Great friend. Yeah, alert. he literally alert. fucked me up with Rosa for a week, and he was like, "Drop, Wait, drop with Rosa easy. with Rosa you with 3DS Rosa. Rosa with 3DS Rosa." Oh no! Oh, she was great at 3DS. So that's that's so my. So you got answer. that out of the way super early. So Void saved me and turned me into a fox main essentially. Great question. Thank great you. Question. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank Good you. What's up, man? All right, we got next. Hey, how Come you doing? On up. Hey, what's up, man? What's going on? What's happening? You want to introduce yourself and ask a question? yourself up from hard losses and stuff. Oh, I think we I think we all just felt something like, like dealing, dealing with low points. We were all we were all thinking of like, I got must an have all, all right, go ahead. So for me, I was kind of talking about this before too like I'm really into like tech skill and like having a really deep bag of tricks. And sometimes when I'm losing, I'm like, "Damn, I hit it with all my my setups and nothing worked." And I like lose in a tournament or something, right? I really like to go back and like just go back in the lab and like find something new and not only do I try to look at it as like help for later, it just helps giving me confidence like okay, they won't be ready for this next time. And if and if I don't have any ideas then, then I'm like alright, maybe I need to go back to the basics. Like lately with Diddy Kong, it sounds so silly, but for the past like month, I've been practicing just forward air. Like it sounds so basic and silly, but I've just been like, alright, maybe I'm getting too ahead of myself and maybe I should focus on something, some of the basics. Because Diddy has a bit of both, you know? And that's always helped me the most and it's all about finding my confidence because some of the lowest points in my career is always like, I feel like I have no answers. So I always have to help myself and just dig deep. Yeah, um, <laughs> I've had a very up and down inconsistent career and um, one of the huge things that I've, I've just learned over time is whenever I have a rough result, whether it's from like losing to someone that I think I should have beaten or whatever, or just like maybe I SD'd or what, whatever happened, um, I placed lower than what I felt like I should place. I just told myself like one or two things. The first thing is that I'm, I'm good. Like I, I just know that I, I have the confidence to be good at the game and I can always improve. Even though I am good, like there is things to learn, so that's actually the second thing. Um, you sh sometimes, like maybe I'm just I my head's a little too big, you know. Like I'm like, oh yeah, this is gonna be easy. Like I'm this good, so I, I don't have to worry about it. And then I lose, and I'm like, well, maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was. Let me go back to the lab and like really focus on some of the aspects that I may have missed right. when I was when I uh, thought that I was better than I was. So. To me, I think, Charles, you know this one too, but it, this made me think of not just um, playing, but also commentary too, because sometimes you don't get hired for gigs, or you do, and you don't get you know good blocks or anything, but it's the same thing in life where it's like, to me, it's always like, you need to feel those downtimes, and you can feel awful and bad about it, and that's, you know, it is what it is, and you got to go through that process, but to me, the most important thing is like what you do with that energy afterwards. Like, you could, after bad losses, I get mad, I get upset, all that stuff, but you know, you just got to work through that emotion and keep going necessity be like what do I want to do from here how do I improve how do I get better and turn that negative energy into something positive when you're ready to it's also okay to just feel shitty for a little while It'd be like this feels like shit I feel bad for two days after I had a bad tournament okay a lot of people feel that way that's all right it's totally normal but what are you gonna do afterwards you gonna practice you're gonna get on you know, you're gonna hit up your buddies and start blabbing some stuff out what are you gonna do you know to improve so there's always the thing with smash is there will always be another tournament there will always be another tournament another opportunity to prove yourself so don't hang your hat too much on your bad losses, or especially not your worst day. Sometimes you just get bad matchups, or you run into things. You had a bad day yourself. Like it is what it is. So I think being real with yourself and allowing yourself to be upset, and then turning those shitty emotions into something positive is probably the best thing you can do, in my opinion. Yeah, I have a very similar answer to Has. You're generally after something like that happening, you're either gonna feel sad or angry. 
right? Those are generally the two emotions. I think the most common misconception is like, especially if you're generally have a toxic mindset. I used to have an extremely toxic mindset. And at first I was like, well, let me just not have that mindset and try to not feel anything, right? But that's wrong because yeah. you're a human, right? You're, you, no matter how hard you suppress it, you're gonna be angry, you're gonna be sad. Yeah. And just like going through that like griefing time and just trying to figure out how to pivot it into something else, right? Like I remember the first time I lost to Smash 4 Bale. I was pissed. I was extremely pissed. Sorry, I was like, man. this guy would never beat me in bracket. And then he picked Bale week one fucking smoked me and I literally couldn't believe it and then but I took that anger I went home and I SDI till my arm like started cramping up and I was like I will never ever get fucking comboed off the top ever again but like obviously I'm, I'm still gonna get comboed but it's more so like <laughs> taking that anger and putting it towards improving at something else right and yep. even on the sad side there's like when you're sad sometimes you'd be like dude I just fucking suck at this like why can't I fucking do this instead of lo looking at that mentality go through your grieving phase and be like you know what I just need to work on this yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not too strong at whiff punishing. Now I'm gonna put myself in scenarios where I want whiff punish more. Yeah. So it's mainly just transforming that energy into something that can help you improve. Because at the at the end of the day, this isn't a this isn't like the war isn't one tournament. The yeah. war is like your entire Smash career, and you want to like increase your improvement rate as fast as possible and you want to try to look at it more in a macro sense. Yeah, yeah great question, man. And, and think about it from like a top player point of view. You don't think of your top, your favorite top players, you don't think of their worst placement, you think of all the other good times that they had, you know? No, no one person is as bad as their worst placement. Like, that's just never how it works, so. I think on Charles's point too, feeling that stuff, feeling negative, feeling okay. terrible and shitty, it's a good thing. Because if you feel bad, that means you care. And if you care, that means that you can put in the time and you can improve. You can't teach someone to care, but you can absolutely start improving yourself. You have to have that drive first. So yeah. it's actually a good thing to feel not I good like about losses. It's true. Yeah, yeah. it is. Because if you don't care, there's no helping that. True. You want to help someone that wants to get better, that's a thousand percent possible. You don't give a shit, it's over. So if you care, it's good. So go out there and keep working on it. That's our advice. So. Yeah, great question. Great Thank question. you. Yeah. Good question alert. Thank you. We got another one? Yeah. All right, give it up. <laughs> so, big bike, big bike. All right, so there's like, so there's a lot of like annoying mechanics in this game. What would say, like for each of you, what's your like least favorite part of it? And like, how do you try to handle it? Diddy Kong Banana, uh, pretty easily. Yeah, it's very cheap. <laughs> it's very, uh, it's like kind of really easy to use. So the cool thing about that is there is a lot of counterplay that involves you getting good at using the banana, which is also annoying, but when you do it, it's very satisfying to hit cool banana combos. So that would actually probably be my answer, to be honest. Oh, that was actually your answer. I thought you were trolling. I am, but we gotta go quick. Yeah, I hate the platforms. And what do I do? I rage when I get stuck on a platform. It happens That's a lot. I, I, there's no you're, positive. You're far from alone on that one, yeah. <laughs> there, there is no, it happens there, a lot, yeah. I try not to, but sometimes I'm like, what the heck? Like, I feel like my answer, it's hard to generalize into one thing, but it's the guessy, like, scrapping situations in Ultimate. Oh, love those. Like, just like, I hate the feeling of my only option is to guess, and hopefully I guess right. And usually what I do is I just, I play super defensive and I try to avoid that, like, shield to shield, like, no end lag, spot dodge canceling, shield grab is, is slower than other games. I just try my best to not deal with it. But yeah, that's my least favorite by far. Like when I'm playing Fox or Sheik, like you'll see it on my face. Like no way you won't. Cause like, cause I have to do. I can't just avoid it. Yeah. Can I guess Charles's? F yeah, sure. Is it hold buffer? It's hold buffer. Yes, I know it. I know my boy. Mine's I feel hold like buffer. one of us has to say that. Yeah, because I agree. It's genuinely yeah. annoying for. I everyone. think all four of us yeah. agree that universally that's the worst one. Hold ahead, buffer Charles. is fucking dog it's shit. Trash. And it's the trash. way I deal with it is if I'm by the ledge and someone's hitting me, I call it letting go of letting go of the wheel. Just let go of the, the steering wheel, bro. Hand, fingers up, bro. Fingers up. Don't press the fucking trigger. You could just fucking air dodge and die for no fucking reason at 10%. Hands off the wheel. That's how I deal with whole buffer because God knows fucking why it's, that's our it's buffer training, system. It's training wheels. Jesus Christ. Stuff. But yeah, I, I hate it. Don't, want, yeah. don't want me getting talking about whole buffer. I Good hate that shit. Good answer alert. Yep. But yeah, thank you. Good Christmas, man. Thank, thank, you. You. thank you. Thank you. All right, next. Come right, on next. up. That was a great question. That was yeah, a lot of great questions. Thank you. That's really good. That second oh, question was fantastic. Yeah. We got some time. We got some time. Honestly, I think we're just gonna add, like do Q and A the whole time. I I, I, I do want to try to finish the line. Yeah. yeah, we're good. Hey, how you doing? You want to introduce yourself and ask your question? Hey, my name is RJ, and I have a very specific question. Um, I wanted to know what kind of shift in mentality did you have when you went from casual to one-click competitive to then finally be like. 
I want to take it big, you know, go pro. Yeah. And what did you do to prepare for that in game? Is that a is that a tweak specific question? Is that a oh. tweak specific question? No. Uh, for all of us. Oh, okay. uh, just like when we shifted gears, basically from okay. going casual. Um, I could start. I guess it's yeah. easy. Yeah. Uh, I play with a. I think everyone has the story. I play with a close group of friends. Um, we're just a competitive bunch of guys. You know, we did you know intramurals together. All that we always you know trying to pull pranks at each other. All this stuff. We're a very competitive group. We started playing Smash and we started getting into it, and we all started getting pretty decent. But then some of us started watching videos on how to get better. Some of us started learning how to ledge hoggy, edge hog each other. It's like, whoa, that's so cheesy. I'm gonna do it back to you, you know. Then it just kind of naturally escalates, and then there were tournaments on campus, and we wanted to, like, all of us wanted to win. And we got actually there were five of us. We got top five, which was super sick. Actually, we beat everyone, which is it was very satisfying to grow with a group of really good friends and get better together, and also like, you know, challenge each other. It was really fun. So that was it, and then. They kind of dropped off. They kept it at like the, the college type level, and I was like, I'm not done with this game yet. I want to keep going. I love the game so much. It's pretty much it. So yeah, I just kept going, trying to get better. Oh, this is hype! Y'all get to hear my my Joker origin Your story. Your origin story? Okay. Oh, so no. when I was in high school, um, I had a friend that went to like conventions and melee tournaments and all that. It shows my age. Melee in high school? What the heck? Um, and <laughs> Don't do the math. Don't do the math. <laughs> oh, um, Put the calculators down. <laughs> but we would uh i would go to his house and i would play him because you know i was the best of my friends i played melee blah, blah blah and i would get smoked and i was like bro this this is frustrating like i'm better than all my friends what the heck i'm gonna be better than you yep. so went home started learning how to wave dash because he knew how to wave dash i did not know how to wave dash and i um i started watching mewtwo king videos Dude, me too. That was the first person yep. I watched. Yep. yep. Watched a ton of yep. Mewtwo King videos, and I was like, I want to be as good as this dude. So I was like, all right, this was toward the end of Melee, and I knew that Brawl was coming out, and I was like, you know what? There's no point in me like focusing all my time on this. Brawl's about to come out, next Smash game. I'm just going to be better than everybody I know at Brawl. So it came out, and that person actually hated Brawl because they like Melee. Um, and I was like, okay, whatever. So I found other people because I saw a Lucas on YouTube, um, and I cannot remember his name right now, but it started with like a G or something, and he, he was a Pennsylvania Lucas, and I was like, I want to be the best Lucas on the East Coast. Then it changed out, I want to be the best Lucas in the world. And then Smash 4 came out, and Lucas wasn't in the game, and I was like, what the That's heck? That's crazy to remember, mm -hmm. at first. Yeah. Yep, Lucas was not originally in Smash 4, and I was like, I don't know who to play, I've only played one character my entire career. And, um, That's insane. I got really <laughs> frustrated at the beginning of Smash 4. One, because it was a new game, but two, because I had to learn new characters. And So I quit, actually. I quit for a year. And I was like, when I come back, when I come back, I'm just going to pick a top-tier character, and, and I'm just playing top-tiers from now on. And yeah, I, I, that's when I decided I like wanted to really go somewhere with Smash. I was like, I think I can do this, like go really far, if I just pick a good character. So I did. True. I ended up playing Bayonetta. <laughs> For See? me, it's like kind of simple. I um, I was really into competitive brawl online as a kid. Um, I was like 11 years old or something at one point, and um, I stopped playing Smash for a while. But then when Smash 4 was revealed to be a game, that like summer, I started competing in Melee and uh, Project M. And I just, you know, got into tournaments, tried to find tournaments. Um, my, my first tournament was an Apex tournament, which was like the biggest tournament in Jersey at the time. And I went 0-2 in Brawl, and I won like one or two sets in Project M. My brother took me, we skipped school to go. Nice. I didn't even Don't stay. Don't do that, kid. I was so upset about losing my first tournament. I had my brother take me home, I cried in the car, and in that car, car ride, I told my brother, I'm going to be the best player in the world. And wow. um, I don't know where all this, like, it was my first tournament, and I just, like, went straight from, like, being at my first sprint to, like, yeah, I want to do this for a living right now. <laughs> it was very quick. Um, and when Smash, like, this was all preparing for Smash 4, kind of. Um, and when Smash 4 came out, I had been playing a little bit online. I was already kind of getting my name out there more, more than I was used to. So I was doing really well on like online ladders. I showed up to my first Smash, Smash Wii U local. 
And I walk in the room and everyone's like, he's gonna win. They knew about me, they're like, this kid's winning. And my brother's like, what the heck are they talking about? And I win. And from there I was like, I think something special can come out of this because, yeah, and now we're here. <laughs> I love that your brother was there for both of them. That's really cool. I yeah, it's like opposite that, yeah. experiences. Yeah, exactly. That's great. It's like if maybe maybe he should have taken me seriously in that car yeah. ride. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and then for me, uh, I'm from Hawaii, so we didn't really get any chances. I mean, Larry Lur would fly down to Hawaii once in a while um, for brawl, at least. So we never got a chance to actually show how strong Hawaii is. I actually do think <clears throat> there was one player, Lethal Trilogy, in Hawaii during brawl. I think he could have been like as good as Void was in Smash 4, like top 10 potential. Wow. I thought he was extremely talented at the Lethal Trilogy. He, if, you've, if you've watched him play, it was just, I, I agree. He was insane at the Snake. game. Snake. No, he made Most Meta Knight. Of the cast, he, he actually played every top Have you seen the GSM the combo videos? Yeah. He has he his like, own okay. combo videos. He was the yeah, person yeah. playing everyone. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, so, go ahead. I, insanely talented individual. Um, he was the best in Hawaii. No one could ever beat him. My goal was to, I, when, in, when I was in high school, I wanted to be the best, but it wasn't like realistic, right? So it was so weird for me because I just wanted to just be the best in Hawaii at that point. I'd never beat League of Trilogy in Brawl. And it took me two or three years to finally beat him in Smash 4. Probably one of the most happiest moments of my life. I, I went outside the venue, I cried after I beat really? him. Really? But I made sure no one saw him. That's years, you know what I mean? Like, I understand, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, to me, it was, like, real, yeah. it was like, it was like a, a goal I wanted to do that was over a decade long. Right, so wow, yeah, and I I had to wait till the next game to beat him. Right, so um, I for me my biggest tipping point was when Smash Four came out, and Void wanted to be the best, and I saw Void play, and I like I played tail end of brawl with him. I actually thought he really sucked at brawl. You beat him, bro, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, and I I, I said this <laughs> kid sucks it. and he has no potential. I was I was a super asshole back then, but then <laughs> played league also with him. Also nailed it. Played league with him, played uh, brawl minus or uh, yeah, brawl minus with him. Great game and I was alert. like, dude, this kid, this kid's insane at games, right? And then Smash Four comes out. I was like, dude, I know I'm gonna get smoked by this kid in Smash Four, but it was so sick to watch him grow. And he like had the same aspiration as I did. So I was like, dude, I will. I'm like an adult, and I can like you know help you with some money and stuff like that. Like I really want to see how far you can go. And my passion switched from like being a player to I want to see someone from Hawaii. Yeah. With like no odds that they should succeed, but they do exceed. Because like still has that it factor. That's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There will never be another Smash Bros. player like Void ever. Never, never. Like he's that special. And like, I like yep. I. And I, your guys' story, like it's ridiculous. You could it's make ridiculous. a fucking movie out of that shit. Yeah. Make a podcast <laughs> out of it. Hey. What the heck? Hey, we, hey, we should have Charles as a guest. What the heck? Yeah. <laughs> but but essentially yeah. that like dynamic is what really motivated me to go all out in Smash. Because even after Void left, I ended up being number one in Hawaii for the, like, the tail end of Smash 4 and then I moved. But my main, like that, that, that 2015 is where I found like my true passion within esports in general. Educational esports is my true passion. Yeah. Are you on a... All you guys' desire for that competitiveness. Cause I'm like very competitive myself, but I don't want to go all in because I'm kind of like it's scary. I overdo everything, you know. Like I want to work out, I tend to work out too much, end up injuring myself, stuff like that. So I, I feel like I don't want to like seclude myself to like get this become this like pro smasher and have to take over everything. Do you have any advice to prevent yourself from kind of balance? I, I that's that's kind of a hard question to answer. Um, I think one thing that's huge to notice or like make note of is you're gonna have to make a lot of sacrifices if you want to be the best. Like you're gonna have a ton. to, you're gonna have to make a ton. You want to go out and have fun with your friends. That could be time. You could be studying. You yeah. want to go to the gym. Go to the gym. But you wanna, you know, you wanna go like to the club or something. Like no, you gotta, you, you gotta like, and it sucks. Like you'll have friends that will have that you've known for a long time and they just don't have similar interests with you. It fizzles you, out, yeah. You, the friendship just kind of, because you're so focused on, like, this goal that you have. And finding the balance is really hard. Like, yeah. so, it, you kind of just have to, like, ask yourself, 
how important it sounds kind of weird but like how important is like this thing that I may be sacrificing to me and if it's not important enough to like keep then you just let, let it go but yeah. if it's like really important to you like one of the biggest things I had to learn myself was um, I really wanted to be as good as I could be in Smash 4 but I also wanted to get married and I yeah. had to understand that at the time that game was just not worth my well I'm married now so it wasn't worth my relationship <laughs> like that I, I had to, spoilers I everything had to, works out yeah, it's all I, good I had to choose like wait a second like I'm literally sacrificing all this time I could be spending with my potential wife to play this game like is it worth it and uh, you just have to keep asking yourself that yeah. question yeah great cool answer too. yeah cool. good question good question thank yeah. you thank you very much Wait, while we get the next person up here, who did everyone main in Brawl Minus? That's a great question. Dude, I didn't play enough to have a main. <laughs> What's up? Okay, okay. Uh, Alright. Okay, last question. Last question. We, 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 did, we did enough. We did a lot of shit. Well, that, and we can talk to them. Well, we'll talk to Anthony before no, we go. Yeah, let, let them know the rules. Yeah, is Anthony here? Or... Talk to the Metafy guys. Yeah, I think it's important to let everyone know we're wrapping up. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. cool. Hey, how you doing? We all want to be like Void a little bit. Uh, <laughs> it's that's we a were just very tough. About it. It's funny, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. pretty. I think Charles could probably answered this question pretty well. Not to put you on the spot, but I, oh yeah. So um, yeah, I, 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 I just didn't hear. What's up? Oh okay. Yeah, could you repeat well, the question or like one of you guys? So yeah, basically, like, how toxic can a goal or a mindset be? Like, it's about, like at first goals, their goal was top eighting yeah. a local, and they did that. But then they want to be happy with their play. But it's so much easier said than done. Right. Like when they're a perfectionist, right? Like, right. Basically, like any methods to dealing with that kind of stuff. I think the main thing to think about when you're setting goals is there's result-based goals, right? And then there's not result-based goals. And keeping that balance is very important, right? Like if you have a result-based goal, that's why I, I don't really like it when players are like, oh, I went 1-2, but last week I went 2-2. So now I'm like not improving, right? So it's like you want to keep your goals very not result-based, but you're still going to have result-based goals, right? But you, you got to understand that there's like a build-up phase to it and that there's time, right? I think the main thing is if you have patience with your goals, then and like understanding the factors outside of your goals, right? Like, oh, <clears throat> I want to win Genesis 9. That's my fucking goal. Not gonna happen. I'm sorry. Like, I think I'm pretty sick, but I don't think I'm winning Genesis 9, right? So, also keeping in mind, like, being realistic, right? And understanding the factors. Okay, I wanna win Genesis 9. Well, let's break down that goal. Charles, how much hours do you play Smash? Fuck, sometimes I play one to two hours a week. Oh man, is that enough? Like, you need to understand that when you create a goal, I feel like people just spam goals. Like, you're just spamming. Like, oh, I just want to, like, goals, yeah. I want to, like, do this and do that. I want to be a fucking movie star or whatever. Whoa, hold, pump the brakes, man. Like, let's really think about this, right? Do you understand your situation in life? Do you understand your time management? Do you understand what goes, like, are you so aware of your time management that you understand what goes where and when, what kind of structure you have, right? So I think the main thing, and I know this is, like, kind of answering your question, but kind of not, but... When you make a goal, you have to be very cognizant of the variables that go into making that goal and really ask yourself, is this realistic? Because I feel like people start getting toxic about your goals when you start becoming impatient. Oh, I had this goal, but it, it's not happening yet. What's going on? Like, I wanted yeah. that raise at my job, but like, it's not happening. What, what's happening, right? Like, that's when the frustration comes because you're not understanding about certain variables and you're being impatient. I think so. For me, 
there's two things. The first thing is pretty obvious and simple, kind of similar to what Charles said. Um, it's really important to know it's not, you're not just getting better or worse. It's not just a straight line or an up and down. Yeah. Like It's like a million different directions. Like, if I viewed my placements as whether I'm improving or not, I would literally never be happy because I've won a tournament before, right? If I got fifth place at the next tournament, like, I can't just be like, oh, I'm worse. And then my, my second answer to this is, to be the brutally honest, when I lose, I take it very, very hard. I have spent weeks of like grieving over losses. I've let, left tournaments early to go home. I've handled losses so bad for my entire life. Even to this day, I take losses extremely hard. And I wish I was perf perfect or better at handling it. Like, I wish I just moved on to the next tournament. But I have to be realistic with how much I care. And part of me mentally accepts that I'm willing to take sacrifices and take losses super hard and just eventually get back up and just work extremely hard. And it's kind of similar to what we were talking about with our last question of making sacrifices, dedicating ourselves to Smash or whatever it may be, right? Like, for me, it's just accepting that I just take everything to the extreme and just be willing to base my life around that and just work really hard regardless of the negatives. And it's kind of a simple answer, but it's an extreme one, I guess. So uh, Charles brought up a great point with results-based goals because um, I know you mentioned that you wanted to top it local and then you did it and then you want to you know, perform as well as I guess avoid or like have perfect execution. Um, the real reason that that ends up becoming a big problem is that humans are just naturally greedy and we you, you just never be happy with like your play. You'll never do it. There's always something you could do better. There's a reason billionaires exist. Like they don't need that much money. They just want more money. <laughs> um, so like you're, you're never going to be satisfied with how well you play. And if your goal is to, let's say, is to be the best in the world, well, you pretty much have to win every tournament. And if you don't win a tournament, then you're going to be upset. And it's like, is that how you want to live your life? Like, stressing out about, oh, man, I got to go to this tournament. If I don't win, then I'm not going to be the best. And you're just like, you know, like, when you, instead you could just focus on, like, things that make you happy in life. Yeah, I think it's, I think you guys all said it really well already. But I think the one I really liked was what Gavin said about it not being a straight line. Like you're not just going to progress and just continue getting better. It's going to plateau. You're going to go. You're going to regress sometimes too. Like it's just going to happen from time to time. And I think you just got to kind of ride the wave and go with it. And think about. We had a similar question earlier, but feeling that negative feeling is actually a good thing. Like feeling unsatisfied, that's okay. It just means you care. It means you care a lot, which is good. But you have to take that energy with it, which is very similar to what we were saying before. So if you're unsatisfied that you didn't get top eight, you have to think, there's always, like, there's two sides to it. Like, there's a logical, like, why did this happen? How did I lose? Like, what can I improve on? And there's the emotional, why did I lose? You know, like, that still feels really bad. So working through, like, the logical side of maybe I can improve in this matchup or maybe I can get a little better at my execution or edge guarding or whatever, that's one half of it. And the other side is how do I handle, like, moving forward with this goal and becoming better at what I want to get better at? So I think there's really two sides to that point. To put it into perspective, like, I've known Marcus for a while, and we've been talking about Smash for a while. Marcus, when is the last time I told you I was really happy with my play, let alone a whole bracket? It doesn't happen much. Okay. He said at Smash World Tour Championships Day 1 against Kiarash that he was happy with his play, and before that, I couldn't tell you. So, like, it's a difficult goal. I, it's not that I don't like that goal from you, but I guess putting into perspective how hard it is to be truly happy with your play when you have, like, because we all understand our characters, right? And we, we always know we could have done something better. So it's a good goal, but it's also important to put into perspective how hard it is to be happy with your play when you're a perfectionist, like you said. But at the same time, it's, a, it's kind of a good thing how far away that goal is and how hard it is to reach it. Because what goal is better or more difficult than that? Yeah. You know, I, I think it's a great one, but obviously, like you said, like it's how you approach it, right? It's so difficult and it can reach a toxic point. But it kind of like what Has says, like in a way, that's a good thing. Like it just how 
how great of a goal it is, you know yeah. what I mean? I think there's a lot of perspective too, because I felt that way a lot too, especially like with Ken initially when I was learning him and trying to hit all his combos and follow-ups and stuff, right? I would get frustrated because I wasn't doing it, and like that's a big powerhouse thing of the character is he can kill you like in two touches, which is amazing, but if you mess up the execution, it hurts the character a lot. So I was like, what does Vendetta do? What does, you know, what do all these good Ken players do? And I watch sets with them, and they drop combos. Like, it happens all yeah. the time. And, and they just keep, I watch them in the player cam, they just keep going, because there's nothing you can do about that. Sometimes you're just gonna drop stuff. You're gonna SD, like these things are gonna happen. It's not about it happening, it's about the prep beforehand and being as prepared as possible, but then how you bounce back too. All the great players, they all drop stuff. They all SD, they all do. They do it less than a lot of normal, like a lot of other people, but bouncing back is, that quality is like, it's very, very hard to do, but it, it's amazing when you can. And this is something that has mentioned earlier, like make sure to insert mini goals within your goals. Yeah. Like you can't, you, you can shoot for really high goals, but you can't just be like, yeah, that's it. I'm yeah. just gonna be satisfied with my play because you have to understand when you study the game more, you understand the game more. So like, being True. satisfied is here if you don't know shit about the game. And then you start studying your character, you start watching the best player of your character, and it's like, oh shit, wow, this character can like do that, and that, and that, and that, and that, and that. So then all of a sudden you're like, wow, my, my two levels of goals have changed. Well, you need to start inserting other goals here. Yeah. Like, and that's why I'm a really big fan of like, okay, I want to be satisfied with my play, but what if like, hey, I noticed I've, like kind of suck with my corner pressure. I'm gonna work on my corner pressure and my goal is to increase my corner pressure, right? And like say you're playing a set in a tournament and you kill someone with your corner pressure but you lose the set. Well, at least you can walk away from that set and be like, yo, I lost, but I improved at a very specific aspect of my gameplay that that was my goal to do it. So then you start getting away from the result based to like yep. feel that itch of like, oh, I'm achieving something, yeah. right? But like, oh, it's like, oh, well, like my corner pressure did improve. I like did nail it in this specific scenario. I just need to do it more, right? Yeah. Trying to shift that mentality from results to like, well, cause like improving your corner pressure is result based cause you have to execute it, right? But it's not like I won or lost. Trying to like separate it from that is yeah. a very big deal. There's a lot more to a, a tournament win than just the one or the two that, you know, appears in the bracket after. There's a lot, a lot that goes into the game. It, it's crazy how deep the game can go. So, yeah, that was a really good question. That yeah, was like, it's difficult. That was a deep question. It's hard. Yeah, yeah, we all agree it's difficult, but that was a great question. Thank you. Cool. Thank you. Nice to meet much. you. Yeah. Where's um, Anthony and Metify guys? All right, I think all we're right. done. So are, you, are we closing? Yeah, we're done. We're going to do it. Hit it. Oh, no, I need water desperately. Done? All right, yeah, we're done. All right, All right I'll wrap it. All right, I'll wrap it up. I'll wrap it up. I'll wrap it up. I'll give it up. Right, well, thanks for joining us here, Genesis. What Gen no, I'm just kidding. It's eight. Genesis eight. We're having an amazing time. Obviously, uh, this is Friday night. We got a whole tournament ahead of us. It's gonna be really great. Our guests have amazing questions as always. Uh, not just here today, but on the Patreon as well. Make sure you guys check us out. Tweet Talks, Spotify, uh, YouTube, and Patreon. So check us out, and uh, we'll be seeing you. Shout out to Medify. Thank you. See and you. Medify. Yeah, Medify. Godlike. Go, See ya.